Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motor Studio is mobile today in Coralville, Iowa. Just uh, right next to Iowa City, where Penn State opens the Big Ten season tomorrow. The Nittany Lions will be in action against Iowa at 5 o'clock. We're on beginning at 4.30 tomorrow. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, key routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And tis the season to buy a car. And we are, of course, sponsored today by our great friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Yes, indeed, it is time to stock up for the holidays. You don't want to go anywhere empty-handed for the holidays, do you? Of course not. And if somebody shows up at your place, you want to make sure that you have plenty to offer. So you want to stock up now at Brewers Outlet. I don't care whether you're watching the NFL on Sunday, college football championship games tomorrow, uh, bowl games coming up. You want to be fully stocked. Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And great specials between now and Tuesday. Line and Kugel Variety, 12 packs, $9.95. Natty Daddy, 15 pack cans, $7.97. Reds, Wicked, 12 packs, nine ninety five. All at Brewers Outlet. And don't forget, of course, the pickle bar is second to none led by the barrels and the dills. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Play-by-play call of the day. Last night of the Cowboys Radio Network, Brad Sham with the call. Ryan Switzer, 83 yards to the house. Fourth and seven, and Tress Way punts it away. Ryan Switzer on the back pedal takes it at the 17, up to the 25, right into the middle of the field. The 40 broke the tackle. Switzer to the 50. This might be the one for Switzer to the 20, to the 10. Ryan Switzer with a somersault into the end zone. 83-yard punt return for a touchdown, and there are no flags. Brad Sham with a call on the Cowboys Radio Network. They won with relative ease last night over the Washington Redskins on Thursday night football. All right, it's been a lot going on with Penn State football this week, and many people are always wondering about the ramifications no matter what happens when it comes to recruiting. With that, we bring in Ryan Snyder, already has his own little personal recruit on the way. Ryan, I hope uh, your wife and the baby are doing well. We hope uh, very, very much so uh, that everything's going well. We're getting close. It's going to be uh, end of January, beginning of February. Of course, right when signing day comes, which uh, not very good planning on my part. I thought the uh, NCAA we'll, we'll was. Make it work. I thought the NCAA was thinking Ryan Snyder when they said December twentieth as an early date. That that's the rumor. I don't know. I haven't been able to confirm that with them, right? I'll let you know when I talk to them. <laughs> uh, Joe Moorhead, Charles Huff, obviously. Um, You've had a chance now to sit down. Just to do quick inventory, I don't think you've received an answer that surprised you, but it sounds like uh, whatever Penn State has recruited has absolutely stayed intact. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, and this is this is why Penn State takes the approach that they do. Um, you know, to, to go in the background that those that don't follow. You know, for the most part, when you look at schools across the region, they they usually have a a regional recruiter that does the majority of um, you know recruiting and contacting with parents and coaches. And you know, they'll they'll have a head coach reach out here and there, and sometimes position coach. Uh, but but one thing Franklin does that's a little different is. You know, they'll have a regional guy that, that starts it, and, and basically as soon as that player gets an offer, then they are uh, brought into the group. If you're an offensive player, you're speaking with not just your position coach but everybody on the offensive staff, and, and vice versa on defense. And this is exactly why uh, they take that approach. So, you know, if, if an assistant is to leave, and, and don't get me wrong, Moorhead is a big loss, and so will be Huff if, if that's true. Um, they still have familiarity with Gaddis. You know, they're obviously Franklin is, is one of the <laughs> hardest workers in recruiting as it is. You know, they still have a good relationship with him. And, and this is exactly why they take this approach. And, and this is why I think uh, that approach is going to help them in the end. Um, you know, as of, as of now, uh, everybody has said nothing but good things, you know, wishing, wishing Moorhead nothing but the best. And, and you know, I've, I've added that they're, you know, still, still firm to Penn State. Uh, now, with Huff leaving, it'll be interesting to see if that impacts Ricky Slate. Uh, we have been able to contact him, and so far, Slate has said nothing but the, the right things. You know, uh, we were committed to the school and whatnot, but, uh, you know, his father did add that, uh, you know, they, they would like to get to know or at least get to learn uh, who the running back coach is before they um, – move on i guess you would say or, or you know uh, reaffirmed 100 percent in so uh, I, look I, I think ricky slade has been committed to penn state as a school and as a program um more than anything else i i'd really be surprised if he left in the end but that is something to to note now that uh huff is reportedly heading down south but one of the major components in this is that the head coach stays exactly the same and no matter what anyone says that is the lead guy no matter what it is his it's his program it's his vision absolutely and it's funny man as soon as as soon as the moorhead news came out i think i had 30 plus messages on twitter you know what you know what's happening and you know i I did my best to try and make sure that everybody knows that it's it's head coaching moves that destroy recruiting classes uh could could, uh you know a couple assistants leave and maybe that impact a couple uh guys yes but we're not going to see anything like we saw back in the day um, you know, when, when O'Brien left and, and, you know, with, with everything that happened in 2011. So uh, I, I'm not – the best thing I can say to Penn State fans is step away from the ledge. It's going to be a fine. Uh, you know, could it impact one or two guys? Yes, it, that's possible. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see uh, any mass uh, casualties, put it that way. Uh, there's, there's, let's go to the next part. And I mentioned in reference the December 20th signing date uh, in a previous answer that you gave. And – what kind of effect is that having on the swiftness of coaching moves and also the swiftness of coaching hires? Oh man, it's that's a great question. You know, every recruit's different. Um, so it, it for the most part, you know, when you're looking at Florida and in some of the Tennessee and schools, UCLA, uh, it, it's having a real impact. There, there are quite a few guys that uh, are scrambling right now. Uh, we, we've seen. Uh, you know, Chris Blake, is it, for example, he's a name that Penn State fans should be familiar with. He, he originally committed and then uh, backed out and committed to UCLA. He's already backed out and is headed to Florida now. So it's there's a lot of um, it, uh, uncertainty, I guess you would say. Uh, now, this happens every, every year around this time, but it is definitely um, 
been more prevalent, I guess you would say. Um, and, and it's really going to be interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to give a true answer now. We still have three weeks to, to see how it all unravels. But uh, this was the thing that everyone was kind of worried about with an early signing period. And, you know, it's, it's basically just going to be trial and error. It's no, no other way to go around it. It's, it's going to be very interesting. It, Penn State should be fine, but, uh, you know, schools like Tennessee and, and, and others that are still trying to figure everything out, it's, it's absolutely having a major impact on them. Starting on January 9th, there's actually going to be a 10th coach. I mean, people talk about, you know, you have to hire to replace Joe Moorhead. We'll see what happens with running back and so forth. But there's actually a third hire that has to be made. And the third hire is getting another coach on staff. How many will be allowed under the rules once they get the 10th assistant coach they actually go out and recruit at one time i believe it's all 10 all uh, 10 I believe that's why they're i believe that's why they are making sure that this is an assistant coach and you know not a uh, a recruiting assistant or, or someone you know like a graduate assistant or a quality control coach and that's i'm under the impression that the 10th adding a 10th assistant will give that that person you know the the ability to head out on the road to recruit so um on the 100% club meal, and i got to double-check those things, but that's the impression that I'm under. All right, so now here it is. Uh, this is closing time uh, for Penn State. What do the numbers look like right now, and do certain veterans have to make decisions here um, you know, that you know, are going to go to a fifth year or may already have their degree or whatever uh, and to affect the number? Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to definitely see something – uh, at least a few guys, I, I think, uh, depart elsewhere. So right now, 22 commits, and, um, you know, it, it looks like they – well, it, with early enrollees, they could potentially take up to 28, 29. Uh, that's not going to happen because of the 85 scholarship limit. Um, you know, with the 22 guys they have committed right now, uh, plus you factor in possibly Barkley leaving and um, – you know all the seniors. Long story short, I, I have Penn State projected to have somewhere around 92 scholarships next year, and that's not including any potential additions, uh, which I know we're going to see to, to this recruiting class. Right. So you know, just do the math. I mean, there's going to have to be more than one or two guys potentially leaving. Um, you know, whether we, we we learn that here in the next couple of weeks, I think we will. At least a few of them, or maybe they leave after spring practice. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, but. Uh, we're definitely going to see, I believe, more transfers than normal, and you know that's uh, it's unfortunate to some degree, but at the same time, this is this is big boy football. This is how it works, and you know when when you're a school like Penn State coming off another excellent season, coming off a Big Ten championship the year before, and you have multiple five stars and four star players uh, interested, uh, you know Penn State has to take the best players that they can in this recruiting class, especially when you have so many guys still very interested, highly talented guys that you know have held offers for shoot most of them have had them for about two years now so you know Penn State's going to add the guys that they need and um, you know Franklin and, and his staff they I'm sure they already have some type of uh, idea for who may be leaving well only time will tell but I think we're definitely going to see at least a, a handful of guys uh, depart uh, I want to something else too you and I both know that there are certain high profile guys that go to all-star games and then they like to reveal at the all-star game which is in January where they want to go. Does right. this early signing period affect any of that? And and if so, how do coaches have to plan around that? Absolutely. Well, I'll throw some names out there since you won't. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I can't. Oh, I, I can't. can't. I know. It's, I know. it's an NCAA I know. violation. Um, 
I know. I we I, I think we bring that up every time, <laughs> uh, which is it's fine. It's true. Um, so we'll start with Jason Oway. He's the defensive end at a Blair Academy in New Jersey. And Ari Smith, who is the defensive tackle out of Cleveland Heights. Uh, both of those guys have Penn State, I believe, absolutely in their top three. Uh, I think Oway is currently leaning towards Penn State. And, and I, I think Smith is as well, although I, I have a much better um, – Relationship with Oway, so it's just tough for me to say for sure with Smith. But a lot of my colleagues, you know, believe that Penn State's the leader. Uh, both of those guys are planning to announce January 4th at the Under Armour All American game. Uh, as you know, and as everyone knows, the, the early signing period, though, is going to be about two weeks before that. So what I think we're going to see, uh, especially if they commit to Penn State, is basically a silent verbal um, where I, I, I think. I know Penn State would like to have them signed up, and, and they'll keep it quiet. Uh, I don't think they'll probably announce them, uh, you know, on that December 20th or 21st or whatever it may be. Uh, and then, you know, they'll they'll allow them to announce their commitment publicly. And then um, after that, I believe Penn State will probably, you know, either announce that they're signed then or or wait till February 1st for the for the next actual true signing day that everybody knows. So those are two guys that I think we're gonna. You know, I think Penn State has a great chance with them, and I, I think we could very well see them um, sign, but but keep it quiet until until their uh, public announcement. So we'll see. Michael Parsons is another guy who's going to be in one of those All-American games. However, he's already said that he's going to announce his decision on December 20th, which is the first day of their early signing period. So yeah, I, I believe Penn State leads with him as well. Uh, so as, I'm not expecting much with Parsons. As long as he commits to Penn State, they should announce him uh, in that three-day span. When you have talked to the prospects themselves or the families, are they pleased with the early signing period? Yeah, I think I think most are, and, and it's tough. You know, it, it's tough for me to gauge this this year. I'll have a better idea down the road, and the reason I yeah. say that is just because of how far advanced Penn State is with their class. You know, I'm only talking to a handful of 2018 guys that haven't committed yet. Um, you know, in addition to the three guys I mentioned, Solomon Enos, Curtis Enos' son, uh, wide receiver out of Arizona, he's uh, still very interested in Penn State, and um, I, I still haven't got a feel for whether he's going to sign early or not. I think that's still up in the air for him. But uh, for the majority of the guys that are committed already, they're absolutely for this. Um, you know, in addition to just everything they've been through over the last year or two, all the calls and texts and stuff, um, regardless of whether they're committed or not, they. Can still have coaches come to their school between December and, and January, and you know, bug for visits, and, and that becomes a lot, you know. And uh, I think a lot of these guys are happy with the fact that hey, we're signed, we're done, uh, I, I can move on and just you know enjoy the rest of my senior year. And, and it's only a month or so, but you know that January period is, is very busy. And I, I think you know if you look at the 22 guys that are committed, majority of them have made it very clear to all these coaching staffs, but. That doesn't mean that these coaches aren't going to come and at least you know meet with their coach or pull them out of class to try and you know one last swing for a home run. So you know, I, I for the most part, again, I really feel like all the committed guys are enjoying this. Or they like what they've seen, but you know, as far as uncommitted guys that you're still making you know plans, you know, I'll personally get a better feel for that next year, or unless if Penn State does what they did this year and has everybody signed up early. How far advanced are they on 2019 and 2020? They're in an excellent position. This is this is what really has paid off over the last couple of years. You know, this year has been one of their best when it comes to signing guys early, and not only that, but keeping everyone committed. But this isn't just a new trend with Penn State. You know, we saw this last year and the year before that. 
you know, they've, they've had about two-thirds of their class finished each season now for the past two years, three years. And um, I, think, I think that's really going to pay off then with, with moving forward. You know, if you look at a lot of the schools in the region that rival Penn State, they have a lot of work still to do in 2018. You know, some of them have 10, 12-plus commitments they need to add. So, you know, a lot of the regional coaches that Penn State competes against are, are really still focused 2018 where – um, you know, with Penn State, of course, they're still working on their five, six or so guys that they want to add, but or potentially add. Uh, but they've allowed that. That's allowed them though to devote so much more time to 2019. You know, they've already gotten two commitments. There's another one potentially on the way. Antonio Alfano, a defensive tackle out of Rahway, New Jersey. He's been very high on Penn State for a long time, and recently announced that he's getting close to making a decision. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a third commitment here sometime this month. So. Uh, but but just aside from commitments, I mean, they have, I think, 70-plus offers out already, and they've hosted, I believe, uh, at least half of those guys. I think it's closer to 60, 65% of them uh, for at least one visit already. Many of them have visited twice, three times. So uh, you you couldn't ask to, for, for a better position right now as far as 2019 and 2020. Uh, final question, Ryan, then I'll let you go. Appreciate your time and the information very much. And that deals with uh, this is finishing up the fourth year. Uh, it takes a while to develop relationships across the board with the in-state coaches and so forth. What kind of job has James Franklin, in conjunction with his staff, done of really getting themselves deeply entrenched in this state and also regionally in the Mid-Atlantic area? Uh, ten out of ten. I mean, really, they they have. It's. I've been fortunate to get to know a lot of coaches throughout the region now, and. It's not even just you know going to the schools for guys that they are currently recruiting, but they've developed so many relationships with uh, with schools that down the road will will absolutely have guys uh, you know get maybe not 2018, maybe not 2019, but you know if you look at I'd say the 20 or 30 best programs in Pennsylvania, I think Franklin has really grabbed their attention at basically all of them. So uh, you know, but it, it, like you said though, it's not just PA. You know, 2019 for PA is going to be a little bit down. Right. And if you look at if you look at the guys they've offered right now, they only have one offer out for 2019, which is Keaton Ellis, who you know State College kid who's already committed. So uh, throughout the region, man, in New Jersey, Maryland, I mean, uh, they're they're great. <laughs> they're in an excellent position, and that's why I think Penn State fans, no matter what happens, even if a few guys do defect uh, out of this class, they, there's no reason to panic here. As long as James Franklin is the head coach of this school, uh, they will consistently have at least top 25 classes, and that's being uh, conservative. I think top 15 is, is very realistic from here on out, pretty much. Well, to uh, you, your wife, your family, we'll probably talk to you again before this is all said and done, no <laughs> doubt. But, I mean, happy holidays because uh, this is a great, great time for you, uh, you know, and I'm glad she's doing, very busy doing well. No, nah, but I'm glad. <laughs> It's also exciting for you with a little one on the way due right around uh, February 1st. So, congrats. Yep, end of, Feb- end of January, beginning of February. So, we're, we're excited, man. Can't wait. But thank you, Steve. Yeah, no, thank really. You, baby, good luck on the uh, lack of sleep, really. Uh, from a voice of experience. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, I already know how it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I over forgot. and over and over. Thank you so much. Guys, take care. I'm sure I'll talk to you by uh, right around December 20th. All right, Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet.
Penn's Tavern is where you want to celebrate this holiday season. Whatever feel you're looking for, Penn's Tavern along the Susquehanna River can accommodate your needs. Mountain stone walls and wood floors can be found in the original dining area, giving you that old world charm. Continue back to the newly renovated River Room with 12 PA microbrews on tap. Grab a burger and sit back and relax in this cozy pub area. Penn's Tavern has the best gift certificate offer for the holidays. Buy five gift certificates of the same denomination and receive a sixth one free. Penn's Tavern, a piece of heaven on Route 147, five miles south of Sunbury. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury motors key routes 11 and 15 in hummel's wharf and today's show from beautiful downtown coralville iowa just adjacent to iowa city is brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And great specials between now and Tuesday. Line and Kugel, variety 12 packs, just $9.95. Natty Daddy 15 pack cans, $7.97. Red's Wicked 12 packs, $9.95. Like, you don't want to go to the party empty-handed. You also don't want people showing up at your house and you don't have anything to offer. Stock up for the holidays now. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. So if you missed the beginning of the show, by the way, the uh, Sean and the usual Sean Carey generosity, always thinking of others, had an opportunity to play off tickets for the Steelers. So even though he has been repeatedly rejected, how am I doing on the story so far? Spot on. 100% accurate. Yep. After being repeatedly rejected over the years of bonding moments with the suit. Hey, Kevin, want to do this? Hey, Kevin, want to do that? He comes up with playoff tickets. Now, reluctant because of past rejections. He still overcomes it because he is Sean Carey, nicest guy in the face of the earth, and he asked the suit, hey, you want to go? Maybe, you know, bring suit light with you. And in a typical suit moment where he really does bump in your face, he says, I could go to 22 IndyCar races for the same <laughs> price as those tickets. Oh, it's gone up from four. Okay. <laughs> Well, have you gone online and looked? That's true. I mean, you get, yeah, I mean, you can get IndyCar tickets for a buck ninety-five, right? And that, I mean, and that's to be a part of the pit crew. All right, so <laughs> for once in a while, I'll turn on like the the Texas race, like at Fort Worth, right? And they go and buy all these cleverly disguised people as empty seats. I mean, it's. Just... <laughs> All right, let's see. Tiger is at seven under. He shot 68. It's five shots back at Charlie Hoffman. All right, let's bring in my brother, 
How's it going? It's that time. It's going well. I mean, so if I invited you for Christmas and your beautiful wife, come. would you consider? <laughs> okay. I just, I just, I just want to know. That's all. I want to let you know that the invitation was absolutely there. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm probably going to have to work. So. Oh. It's one of those deals. Check so. with the boss. Get the day off. Huh? Check with your boss. Get the day off. She'll be working with me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to make sure you knew the offer was there. I appreciate so. it. So I'm going to get you what I got you last year. And, so. <laughs> well, it certainly and saves time. And the year before. <laughs> In the year before, so you know what? I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't. It, for those who don't realize, it doesn't really matter. Oh, I don't care. I'm only kidding. I'll get to something you really want to bet. So, no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really, I really don't. I mean, yeah, to me, to me, the uh, it's going to have no, something to do I mean, with the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I mean, to me, it's like this half hour we get to spend every week. That's that's the that's the gold part. So, well, that's really nice. Same here. I look forward to it all week. So, um, all I got right, a well, I got a good thing going. So, I yeah, mean, my life is good right now. So good, you deserve just that. Don't screw it up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've managed my whole life to, you know, when things are going good, I've managed to throw a cannonball in the middle of it. So, so far, so good. So, nice. so let's go to games. Let's go to picks here. Okay, so last week, Kevin, with a little bit of a stumble, went three and four. Steve, you See and what I. I mean? <laughs> it's picking games. I had it's, a huge pick- lead. <laughs> it's picking it's games. <laughs> it's picking games. It's not negotiations with Pakistan. So don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> so Steve and I went four and three last week. Kevin with a little bit of a stumble, three and four. But here we are. This is the tightest race in the history of our Friday afternoon segment. After 12 weeks, after three solid months, we've got Steve and Kevin. Tied for the lead, 48 and 30, and there I am, only one game behind at 47 and 31. Wow. That is snug. This is exciting. It is. It is exciting. Yep. Uh, All right. I mean, I am bound to it. I I just, like, I can't get enough of it. So. I really I study it and I and then I, when I fail, oh my gosh! I could... <laughs> that's what that believe me. That's what happens when you're picking things involving eighteen to twenty two year olds. <laughs> they, they 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 somehow have a way of making you go. Okay, what was that? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, so we're gonna. We're going to rip through all of the uh, conference championship games, and we'll pick a couple of pros for Sunday. So we got a Super yeah. 7 here to get right. through. So we'll just dive. We'll get right in and into it. Uh, the first game uh, tonight, Pac-12 championship on uh, Fox, uh, Stanford and USC. Well, it sounds like the winner is going to get the Fiesta Bowl. And, of course, as you know, uh, Jack Ham uh, talked with Lynn Swan on uh, Sunday night because they were all honored together at Heinz Field. And 
Lynn indicated that, hey, look, if the USC won, they're going to go to the Fiesta Bowl. They beat Stanford earlier. Stanford's playing much better now than they were, were before. The game is at Levi Stadium. This is a really hard pick for me, really hard. I'm going to go with USC, but I'm not comfortable with it. I will go with Stanford. I also think Stanford will win this game undoubtedly. Indubitably. Doobie doobie doobie. Well, they are playing. They are playing really well right now. That's yeah. why last week I picked them against Notre Dame. Yep. Now Stanford's playing very well. Good football team. USC been up and down all year. You know. Yeah, they've had two weeks though because they did. They had the bye week. Yeah. All right, Big 12 championship tomorrow at high noon, TCU and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, I think this will be a much better game than the first one, but Oklahoma gets the call on this one, especially playing. But the game's in Arlington, I think. So At Jerry World? Yep. yep. I will also take Oklahoma because I think they're, they're going to be one of the four chosen for the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, I, Oklahoma, people have said, ah, oh, this is the week they're going to lose, you know, oh, this and that. And they find ways to win, and they win big. I like Oklahoma. Okay, SEC Championship in Atlanta. In the Mercedes-Benz Dome tomorrow afternoon at 4. We got the rematch with Georgia and Auburn. Of course, not too far, uh, less than a month ago. Auburn knocked off Georgia, then ranked number one at Auburn. Well, I wish we knew what the status of Carrion Johnson was going to be because I think he's the best player in the SEC right now. Uh, you know, with the shoulders and so forth, hard to tell. But I think Auburn is the team that has the better quarterback. Auburn is the team that's more mature. And I realize this game is in Atlanta, but I'm going to go with Auburn. Yeah, I had uh, I had Auburn over at. I had Auburn over Alabama last week. Right. And if I just that's the thing, but canceling it out, I end up taking Washington State over Washington or over Washington, or we'd have a three way tie right now. So, uh, no. <laughs> so uh yep, I'm staying with the hot hand. I'm gonna stick with Auburn. Yeah, I will take any team that's knocked off Alabama, um and the fact they beat Georgia. Uh Auburn's been a great team all year. They had one hiccup in there, but I got Auburn. ACC Championship. Miami and Clemson. Clemson will not only win big, they will route this group. Wow. They're going to keep the turnover chain in the case. You don't like Miami at all. Uh, No, I I don't. I I really appreciate what Mark Richt has done because I think he's done more with less down there. Uh, But down the stretch, they have not played well. Uh, you know, they fell way behind Virginia. Oh, then they came back. Then, of course, they lost the pit game. Then I thought they were sluggish at the end. So, I mean, I just, I don't Clemson's actually playing its best football now. I will go with Clemson. Yeah, I love Dabo Sweeney. Uh, the guy can flat out coach. I mean, Syracuse took it to him. I watched the game and couldn't believe what I was watching. But um, sometimes you need to get slapped around a little bit. It happened to them last year, and then they responded big time. Uh, no doubt Clemson. All right, Indianapolis tomorrow night, the Big Ten championship game. That'll be on Fox. 
Ohio State and Wisconsin. Will Whiskey stay undefeated? Yes, they will. Uh, the interesting part about this is that normally I will look at big games, and one of the first questions I will ask is, who's the quarterback? And you know what? This is a game where I look at Wisconsin's quarterback, Alex Honerbrook, you know, and I realize that his sister goes to Penn State, so I've really kind of tempered you know, my analysis of how he plays. But he, he's a liability. Except for the Penn State game where he played off the charts, let's be honest about it, J.T. Barrett, to me, has been a liability. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Wisconsin because I think their defense is just terrific, and I'm going to go with that. I was very impressed with Ohio State's backup quarterback last week. For some reason, when J.T. Barrett went out, I just had this gut feeling for a little bit, thinking, man, are they going to go down the tubes now that Barrett's out? So he well, he was held accountable. Well, Haskins, Haskins is a better thrower than J.T. Barrett. So don't, okay, and let's I start was, with that. And I was surprised at the amount of playing time he actually has racked up before the Michigan game alone. That's because they blew so many weaker teams out. It opened the door for him to play. And what happens is that when Haskins plays, he's a better thrower than Barrett, and it also then forces them to run Weber and Dobbins more. I think Dobbins is a special talent. It forces them to run them more because Haskins is not a great runner, as opposed to J.T. Barrett, who has the ability to take Haskins to take. Uh, Weber and Dobbins out of it because he keeps handling the football. That's why it came time for me to vote for the player of the year of the Big Ten. You know, a lot of people thought Barrett was going to win. You know, so Barrett didn't win it. Saquon Barkley did. Barrett did not win it. And I think that a lot of people saw what I saw. Well, I'm going for, I'm going to take Wisconsin just for the fact I don't see them losing in this big title game two years in a row. I just don't. I mean, I. Just because of the fact they were in this game last year, that's the reason why I'm taking them tomorrow night. I think they'll, they will they will be dialed in and focused on the big stage. I think they'll handle the big stage better tomorrow night than Ohio State. I got Wisconsin. They've been dominant all year. Um, they, they're a very, very good football team. They can run the ball, they can throw the ball, and they got a great defense. Um, no question they're going to win. Ohio State has been sketchy here and there. You know, Penn State definitely should have beat them, and they would not be in this game. So, Wisconsin. All right, and our two pro games for Sunday, Carolina at the New Orleans Saints. Oh, jeez. I'm going to go with New Orleans. I got to go against that's, that's, you. That's I, pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> there's another game I got to go against you somewhere here. Um, well, go ahead, take this one. It would be really. Went... <sighs> Man, Saints' offense is just too balanced lately, and it's at and it's in New Orleans. Uh yeah, I got the well, Saints. We got we got another month of this, you know. We do. <laughs> <laughs> So, wait, this is not the last stand. Right, right. But it just seems like we're going chalk all the way down the list here. And, you know, you're looking for some pop and some sizzle and some, you know, difference of picks here. 
You've done this show for a while. You know there's no pop and sizzle. <laughs> That's right. It's more substance. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Well, you know, we we content that makes you think. So you're taking New Orleans? Yes. All right. I'll, because I'm, we're, I'll take Carolina. I want New Orleans. I think New Orleans is going to win, but i I got to get my lead back. So I have never done this as long as we played. I'll take Carolina just because I want a different pick. Hmm. I don't like Cam Newton. but Over-under total amount of yards Cam Newton will pass on Sunday. I'll put the over-under at uh, 150. 200. Oh, me? I, I... I'm just for fun. I'm just kicking that out just for fun. <laughs> 172. Because I think he barely had – I don't think he had a buck and a quarter last week. Didn't he? Something like oh. 11 to 28. No, I'll go 172. I'll go 100. I'll go 80. <laughs> and I'm picking them to win. I don't want them to win. <laughs> All right. God, I hope they win. <laughs> this will keep me up all night, trust me. <laughs> My wife will say, you got up early again, how come? <laughs> like last night, oh, i got to get these candle holders done. <laughs> Tomorrow morning it will be like, I took Carolina, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and primetime Sunday night, Eagle 107 with the legendary Merrill Reese. You've got the Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I'm going with Philadelphia. I just don't, you know, I'm not going to go against Philadelphia right now. Not the way they're playing. Eagles. Yeah, I'm not changing this. Did you go, Sean? You say Philly? Yep, Eagles. Yeah, yep. I'm not changing this one. Philly's going to blow them out. I think it's Philly, and I hate to say it, the Patriots in the Super Bowl right now. I would love to see the Steelers in Philly. I'll tell you what, though. I am looking forward to next week with uh, Philly and the Rams. I mean, it's a very rare treat. You'll be able to see the top two picks from last year's draft, and those top two picks, you know, same same position. It's very rare for that to yeah. rare for that to happen. So, but they got to get Seattle. Got to get Seattle first, and it's going to be out the Coliseum too. So it'll be a fun. It'll be a fun scene next week. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if anybody in L.A. knows about it. All right. uh, <laughs> That's sad, huh? Hey, you know, what do you guys think of Eli? I thought that was awful. Oh. I think the whole thing is bizarre. I mean, I, I, we had Kim Jones on the show in the first half hour. I mean, she was talking about some logic to it, which is fine. I mean, she's around it more than I am. Just my gut from the outside looking in, I think there are a dozen of these guys out there. That's it that can play in this league with competence. The Giants have one of them, and they're they're casting him to the curb. Uh, it makes no sense. They, they, you want to fire someone, fire the general manager. Fire him. It, fire the head coach. The head coach comes, and he's never played football in his life. He brings in this offense that's suited for Aaron Rodgers. You don't build a team with superstars. You build a team... From the inside out, from your line out, you have to protect Eli. You can't bring in an offense that Eli's not comfortable with. Giants the man won two Super Bowls. Giants beat writer Gary Myers from the New York Daily News. He he. Con-
commented yesterday uh, for Thursday practice. Eli Manning was with Davis Webb, Manning the scout team. It just makes you wonder. <laughs> Ben's got it in for this guy. I, I don't. I don't understand it either. I, I. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, you, you're. Yeah. You want logic, and I know this isn't the station to talk about the New England Patriots, but you know what? They're good every year for a reason. It, it, you know, what's his name, Matt Collins, the one he shipped out to Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how great you are. You will do what you're told to do. This is your job. Do your job. And it's next man up, and we will put somebody else in that spot who we have coached and got ready for that position. There's a reason why the Patriots are as good as they are, because they don't dwell on stupid things. They go to their strength. You can't name every guy that Tom Brady's had to throw to or hand the ball off over the years. They change every year because the system works. And these other teams, the Giants, are just stupid. I mean... That that they the Patriots go to their strength, and that's it. And what the strength is week to week, and they go after your weakness. It's very basic and simple football. And these other teams are great. Look at Atlanta; they're done. You know, Atlanta was in the Super Bowl last year, and they can't get out of their own way. I kind of I kind of disagree with you, Kevin. I think they're lurking a little bit. They're starting to turn well, it around. Yeah. They're starting to turn it around a little bit. But you're right well, that yeah, that hang that team. but that hangover hung long, hung for a real long time. Yeah, but I'm saying the Patriots do it year after year after year after year. You know, there is no stumbling. There is no. You know, they might lose a couple games here or there, but uh, it's. I, I mean, these other teams, they don't, there's no man up. If this guy gets hurt, that's it, you know. And the Patriots aren't like that. And I'm not a Patriot fan. I just watch them, and I'm just astonished that every year they are good. Buffalo's going to beat them this year. No, they're not. You know, it's, these, the Giants are crazy that they, They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback that they have playing on the practice squad. Good move. Well, I just just one note on that though. If you are designated as the backup quarterback that week, you are on the practice squad. True. No matter who it is. For example, if uh, let's take Landry Jones with the with the Steelers. Well, he's always working the practice squad because the number one guy gets. 90% of the snaps during the course of the week. That's just how the NFL works. So Geno Smith would have gotten 90% of the snaps this week for the Giants. Can you That's picture well. Ben playing with the practice squad? Uh, ben. ben McAdoo? No. Oh, Big Ben, ben with the practice squad? Oh, Big Ben with the practice squad. No. Can you imagine Pittsburgh benching Ben? That's what the Giants did. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 